Sonic State Coming up on Sonic Talk, we take a look at the M-Audio Fast Track C400 and C600 USB interfaces and others. The competition's hotting up in the Sonic Talk theme tune competition. We take a listen to the latest entries. And another 3D audio method. Science or snake oil? And do you still get excited about new gear purchases? We hear about some packaging fetishes from our panel. Sonic Talk is brought to you by Yamaha UK. Check out the Pocket Track Recorders W24 and C24 wherever you are in the world. They are some of the smallest high-resolution audio recorders available today. The W24 also features infrared remote control, which makes it very handy for location recording. Visit a store near you to try one out. And by MacPro Video, one of the largest repositories for video training on software audio products on the web today. Save 20% on any downloads by visiting sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 237, recording live today on Wednesday the 5th of October 2011 of your Earth years. Uh, Welcome, uh, as I say, there's a live stream, live chat room. Uh, You can find us at Sonic Talk sonicstate.com forward slash sonic talk there you go that's what it looks like there there's a live video stream live chat room uh, for which we are eternally grateful we call them our giant turbo brain there they are they're all going past uh, in, in in crazy speed now it's a very active chat room we're nice to nice to see and they always help us out when it comes to the odd um indiscretion or lack of knowledge certainly on my part most of my panelists don't suffer from that at all and i shall switch to them immediately before i begin to uh, dig myself into an even bigger hole than usual so let's say hello and welcome to everybody here on the uh, skype conference call uh, we'll start with you over on the left there we've got mr rich hilton from uh, connecticut hiltonius.com engineer player uh, in the band chic traveling all over the world playing disco music to everybody and making great records with mr Nile rogers in his private studio how are you doing rich very well thank you very well good glad to have you aboard and always glad to be oh well you know always a stalwart of the show i'm very pleased that you can make it on such a regular basis so thank you very much and we've also got on the right there mr gaz williams songsurgeon.co.uk our welsh record producing songwriting engineer song surgeon shall we say how are you gaz uh very good thank you and i am indeed in wales you have uh, a different yes ah you're on the other side of the river you seem to have a different location <laughs> yes i'm in a uh in um Trioki working man working man's hall in uh the ronda ah. um working on a project with a, a an experimental dance project uh experimental dance group called earthfall and um so we are all we're all sort of based in based at this uh it's like it's like a kind of theater space here and, oh fantastic um, yeah but uh very nearly didn't make it though so well i'm I, I i know that i can always rely on you to just <laughs> to just make it at the last minute we fully fully appreciate i may as well have my lower third there there you go that's me nick bat editor sonicstate.com anyway let's go oh, back to our you. skype guest um and we'll say dave spears from g4software.com if you speak up you'll uh you'll pop up into the larger window there how are you doing dave boom you have to speak for longer than that, otherwise oh, it doesn't work. Oh, blimey. <laughs> I thought it was just going to go like magic. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, there I am. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm all right, thank you. A bit grumpy. A bit grumpy. Well, you know, what's new? No, exactly. I was trying to work out some chords, and I just can't, I just can't hear one. So it's just like, um, yeah. 
anyway, irritating. I've got the uh, modular fired up. Be pleased to see. There's oh, the old. Nice. Um, there's the. Uh, well, over there. That's it. <laughs> anyway, Dave, uh, G4Software.com, makers of fine software instruments and um, some, all sorts of stuff. Anything new yeah. out this week? Stuff? Uh, what? This week? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Sorry. Never sorry. mind. <laughs> I know. Well, probably next week then. And also, uh, we've got Mark. Uh, Mark Tinley there as well, who is uh, a static icon. We're going to be sending him a web camera, likebeing.com. Mark Tinley's a sound like. artist. Static icon's kind of quite a good moniker for anybody. It feels like it's something... Well, I like being a static icon, or the idea of being a static icon. That sounds rather nice, doesn't it? It does. Well, there you are. Yeah, I, there's me and you as the static icon there. I've, I've got a new shot there, which is a split screen. Uh, well, my uh, son is visiting next week, so maybe he'll he'll uh, bring that computer with him, and I can do it online. Oh well, I'll send you I'll send you a webcam uh, that we've we've got one ready for you. So uh, anyway, there we go. So, is anyone else having problems with SoundCloud? Because I can't. Get yeah, on SoundCloud's it. been off uh, most of the day, which was a bit of a drag because the first thing I wanted to quickly do was just bring everybody's attention to the fact that we have had quite a lot of entries. We're up to twelve entries. Uh, of SoundCloud, uh, if I switch to the web here, you can see we've got uh, all our all our entries. They've been coming in. I, I'm not putting up the name of who put them in, who put them up there, just because I want to keep it sort of anonymous. You know, I think it's, it seems mm-hmm. to be only fair. Uh, do you want to hear a couple? We've heard. Um, I think we've heard the first three, so I could probably put up. We we'll start at number four. Here we go. Let's have a listen. Some ambient ones, all kinds of flavours here. I'm going to play a few more. Here we go. This, I like this one as well. Cracking stuff there already. That last it, one sounded a bit oily. This is the uh, late night sleazy US chat show version, I think. The funky worm there, Gaz, I think. <laughs> and I think we've got a couple more. Here we go. There's more. This one's more of a sort of sound design thing. Oh, yeah. I like that one. I think there's another one as well. Oh, here we go. Thank you. 
Nice. Oh. And this one's got a sort of early morning chat show vibe. <laughs> and let's see. That's it. <laughs> Brilliant, though, eh? So uh, just to refresh your memory, uh, we're running a competition, 20 seconds or under. We just need a little uh, identif- a sort of ident at the beginning of the show. They're all so good. I feel like the, perhaps they should all be used, but the winner will win the, the prize. That's all right. Depending on what mood I'm in, what the topics are, we might use one or the other. I think that's kind of cool. So, yeah, you go to uh, – well, I'll put the link in the show notes, but uh, there is the opportunity to win uh, this fine – head torch here if i just show you here this is a head torch that has been modeled uh by dave spears and and rich hilton in the past uh this is well it's i'm not sure it's the exact same thing but it's a bit yellow i like the look of this one so you will be winning that as well as the opportunity to play and join us join us in the on the, on the show for a let me go i'll just switch to there's Garrett, there's there's dave and and rich both modeling so you'll get sent one of those and you'll also I think I'll. I think we'll stretch the batteries as well, Mac Doctor. Yeah, I think that's only fair. But we'll also be um, a little piece on you. You can tell us what you were using and you know the, the the kind of technology involved. And I have to say, judging by the standard of those, it's going to be really difficult to choose the winner. <laughs> so uh, yes, don't envy us. That our competition ends twentieth of October. But anyway, lots and lots of fun there. So uh, lots and lots of good stuff there. Right. Um, let's start with uh, that was my. I wanted to get that out of the way because I, f- I was in such a fluster last week that I actually forgot to mention it uh, at all and I had to record a little bit afterwards and spent ages. Uh, but I was in the in the podcast version, but live, uh, I'm afraid I didn't mention it. So uh, what should we start with? Should we start with a bit of um, new M Audio interface just to get us to, to warm us up? I think we should. Sure. Hi. I'm Brian Carter, application specialist at Avid. Now today we're going to take a look at the new M-Audio FastTrack C-Series recording interfaces. Building on the legacy of the best-selling M-Audio FastTrack line, the FastTrack C600 and C400 are the best-sounding, best-looking, and most feature-rich M-Audio interfaces we've ever built. When designing the new FastTrack C-Series, we leverage technology from Abbott's higher-end interfaces, including boutique-quality preamps and premium converters to deliver exceptional sound quality. We also spend a lot of time speaking with our customers and studying the way they make music. The result is a new form factor that makes it simpler than ever to transform your ideas into professional quality music. I don't think I'll play the whole thing, but uh, Rich, you passed this one over. Uh, this just was announced yesterday. New M Audio interfaces, USB, 24-bit, 96K. Uh, they've got the special, um, what's it called, the... It's uh, the function button, which is assignable, and particularly for, for Pro Tools, allows you to kind of create a whole bunch of different uh, actions by pressing a button. Like, I think he uses it to demonstrate a new track, a new playlist uh, for recording uh, while he's going. It's got better... better uh, converters i'm guessing they seem to have used quite a lot of stuff and technology from the uh mbox new mbox range so rich will you be getting one of these um i don't think so but i think it's a great looking product 
And as regards that button that you made reference to, it, it seems utterly configurable and could be applied to anything. And they're actually talking about uh, downloadable templates for other DAWs. Um, but you can actually edit what it does to the nth degree from what I can see. And in a very sort of elegant page, they've sort of overlaid a secondary mixer on top of the Pro Tools mixers, which I guess opens in any DAW that you've gotten, allows you to handle the routing and the functions within the interface. And uh, if it sounds any good on a bang for the buck level, this thing looks like a pretty cool product to me because it, it offers you some very, very minimal control surface stuff, but very immediate in terms of uh, workflow. And in his demos, it did really look like it would work very nicely. Yeah, I think um, there's a C400 and a C600. C400 is 200 quid, 209 quid, 229 euros. Uh, and the 600 is 339. Uh, you basically, you get four in and six out on the 600 and two in and four out on the 400 plus a, 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 the 600 gives you more control or whatever. Uh, I think, and you can get various bundles with Pro. It comes bundled with Pro Tools SE as well. I know. I, I mean, we seem to have a plethora of uh, audio interfaces coming to market that, at the moment. I mean, how do you choose? Well, God knows. They make a big deal of the fact that you can con uh, control up to three sets of uh, monitors from this device, which I think sets it apart in its price range, and possibly that's why they're emphasizing it so much. And maybe other people. Yeah, I mean, having monitor switching in the thing is actually a pretty cool feature for a device of this type at that price point. Or indeed pairs of outputs if you're just using it for, uh, for doing that side of things. Just, um, you know, if you're just uh, routing as well, I guess, not just monitor. Well, and they've also got this thing where you can set up separate headphone mixes for, uh, for a pair of headphone outputs and such. It's, and uh, route, you know, certain effect, you know, have actual effect sends to each one. So on a you know workflow functional basis, it really seems like they've thought this out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, uh, Gaz. Uh, you're working on uh, mobile a lot. Is this sort of thing be useful, or are you kind of quite happy with your own setup as it is? Ooh, um, I've been using a Motu Traveler for the past five years, and I've been very happy with it. But it is starting to do some funny things. So I am actually in the market again. Uh, although there's not enough inputs on this for what I'd be looking for. Um, right. Yeah. So I'm looking, yeah, I think I, I, I definitely need a, a dat in on it. So the big one doesn't have that, does it? No, no that, none of them got any of that. It's just purely, mm. uh, well, there's SP diff IO on them, on both of them. That's, that's always useful. Um, yeah, it's, it does look quite nice. It does look quite nice. I, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, do we know what converters are in it? I don't know. I mean, uh, it doesn't say. Well, superior converters redesign analog signal path. I'm guessing there might be something from maybe the M box range. Although I don't really understand how you're going to get the price differentiation going on there. But mm -hmm. I, I couldn't. I couldn't t attest to it. That would be a, a guess, to be perfectly honest. A um, bunch of things that are nice. So I think the um, dual headphone amps always good, isn't it? Especially yeah. for uh, for. You know, people who just wanted just a one box solution. Um, yeah. Of course, Motu have good. also uh, announced their own uh, dual format 896 Mark III, which has got uh, USB 2 and Firewire connectivity, either or. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, there's quite, it's hot and up there. That might be something that might suit you a bit more. I know, Mark. That's are you, more like what I'd look for. Yeah, Mark, are you, are you in the market for a, a, 
any more audio interfaces or have you got enough of them? Um, I will be soon, shortly, yes. I want uh, something that's completely portable that I can use with the laptop. It's got to have at least eight audio inputs and they need to be extremely high quality microphone inputs. Right. I love the look of this thing. It's fabulous. And it reminds me sort of the 70s style hi-fi or maybe Bang & Olds. Um, Dave Spears, are you um, are you going to be... Uh, well, you, I know you're happy with your uh, RME. You've got RME Fireface, is that, what, is that what you use? Yeah. And I think if I was going for a portable thing, I would probably now get the Babyface, the RME. I just really like it, actually. Um, and I've had all sorts of grief. I'm, I'm not saying this is grim in any, by any stretch of the imagination, but um, in fact, it looks really neat. And bang for buck, they're always really good. But I had this kind of grief when I changed the Mac laptop. I was using a Mbox Pro Two or something. No, yeah, Mbox Pro Two, and it won't work with this new laptop. Ah. Because of the Firewire 400 to 800 malarkey, so even when you go and buy a converter, it won't work. So at the minute, it's plugged into the Big Mac, just uh, just used for testing. So anyway, there you go. I told you I was grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that was entirely grumpy. I would just say that was, uh, you know, telling it like it is. I, um, yeah, I think because obviously there's also the Scarlet uh, from Focusrite. There's tons of this stuff coming out at the moment. I like What I like about the Scarlet, I haven't got the – I haven't done properly uh, – any video or anything of this but it's got the uh uh signal indicators around the knobs so that they light up and flash i know it's only a small thing but you know little things keep me happy like that (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm particularly useful i mean any kind of visual feedback on the unit is is actually kind of is under i think it's undervalued in a lot of cases and it's worth having all that extra you know all that extra stuff in my opinion what was uh, is it metric halo have got that kind of soft limiting thing on the edge of their unit so that if you actually do go over it all makes it all nice and safe for you yeah i think that uh it's not only them um i'm the mbox does as well i'm pretty sure uh the M- the new mboxes have got soft limiting you can switch it on or off and it does, I mean, it's very subtle. It's quite nice, actually. It's sort of like a bit of a tape saturation thing. And it's not, you know, you'd expect it to be really heavy duty, but it's, it's not. It's actually quite, you know, it's quite pleasant in that, in that respect. So it's not over the top. Does that, does that only kick in at zero? Or is it kind of like, does it come in sort of 10 dBs sort of before zero? I can't remember what it is. No, I think there's a, it's actually quite near the top. I, I did review it, but I can't remember what the facts and figures are off the top of my head, to be honest. It's not uh, not something I... That, that information has, has been and gone. My buffer is full, filled up again with some other stuff. I'm not... I'm, not, <laughs> I don't, I'm afraid I can't help you there. But uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Metric Halo, though, you know, they do... They do sound jolly nice, as we've been... Uh, I, I know... Um, I know that Hans, uh, non-Eric from Muso Talk TV, uh, has been swearing by them. And they were one of the first kind of high-resolution, decent-quality converters, weren't they? But they, you know, you pay for it. They, in, fact, in fact, weren't they the first alternative, really high-resolution alternative to the uh, Pro Tools TDM interfaces? It kind of came around the same time as the RME. Because I remember talking to Hans a lot when I was get, getting the RME. And he was like, check out the metric halo. It was just a little bit more expensive, a little bit too expensive for me. But I did get one on loan, and that was really quite interesting, just doing a comparison. 
with my golden ears, of course. In fact, my ears are so golden, I figured out in light of last week's um, experiment, my ears are so brilliant. It's not my tinnitus I'm hearing, it's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> i like the sound of that although you're tr- troubled with the rest of the world's tinnitus you're like the kind of you just take it on board for everybody else yeah well, thank you dave i very much appreciate that you do that for us very much appreciate it. anyway check them out um they're jolly good fun anyway uh what have we got next oh we've got some uh adventures in 3d audio now this was quite interesting I've got a couple of things to play here. I think this will play if I just play the beginning of this. It's, I couldn't get hold of the video to play it full screen, so I'll just... My name is Edgar Schwery, and I'm a professor of mechanical and aerospace engineering here at Princeton University. Recently, I've been involved academically in acoustics. 3D sound is for you to sit in front of some speakers, ideally two loudspeakers only, and be able to play an orchestra or an ensemble or a band and be able to locate unambiguously the location of each sound source. If you have a choir, you can point to every person in the choir. If you have a symphony orchestra, you can see the, you know, the viola coming from here, the bass coming all the way from the right. In other words, a 3D audio image of that event. Quite often people ask me, how is that different from surround sound? Surround sound uh, is just a way to get to envelop the sound, which works fine if you're watching an action movie with a lot of explosions around you. It doesn't attempt to reconstruct a 3D audio image. For example, if you want to portray somebody walking to the listener and whispering in your ear, you can never do that with surround sound because the sound is always at the speakers. Uh, but with 3D audio, I can get a fly to circle your head from two loudspeakers. The first goal I'm going to stop there. I um, work in this lab is to fundamentally understand. It's a very uplifting soundtrack to that, isn't it? It feels like they're, they're, they're kind of pushing something really monumental and sort of uh, spiritually different in the whole, you know, it's quite an interesting presentation there. Obviously, I don't know whether it's because he's looking for more uh, uh, research money or what. I'm not quite sure what that might be, but that was, uh, let me see, who was that? That's Edgar Chueri, uh, who apparently... Um, He's a rocket scientist, officially the director of uh, Princeton University's Electronic Propulsion and Plasma Dynamics Laboratory. I'm guessing perhaps they haven't actually given him enough to do because he's obviously got plenty else uh, going on in his life. And some of these, some of these were quite nice. I mean, it's probably not worth playing them over the uh, over the podcast, but some of the examples were quite nice. I thought there was some good um, sort of water and. uh, audio demonstration for speakers, which I thought that were actually quite nice. Um, anybody else um, think this is all snake oil, or is there something else uh, going on here? Ah, oh, Rich. Rich has his hand up there, so that means he must <laughs> he must be first to go. I guess I don't know if I'd go all the way to snake oil, but it sounds like a whole bunch of phase shift to me. And of the various devices that have been shifting phase and attempting to do this over the last 30 years, this is by far not my favorite. <laughs> How's that? Ah, really? I don't care if he's... I don't care what kind of rocket scientist he is. Um, It just sounds like phase shift to me. The middle disappears. uh, The base gets weird. Things happen way out on the side, like you've added minus left to the right side, minus right to the left side to try to create this illusion that the left ear should only hear what the left speaker is playing, which is nonsense anyway. 
and doesn't mimic real life better than the current speaker deal does. And his frivolous dismissal of surround sound as a placement tool in order to achieve front to back and side to side placement tells me that uh, he's lost in the sauce, this dude. He's he's a wonderful man, I'm sure. He's a sweetheart, but uh, uh-uh. Sorry. No go. No sale. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, um, <laughs> don't hold back, Rich, um, but I appreciate that the fact that you... <laughs> No, no, absolutely. I I didn't, I didn't get so much of the phase thing. So maybe it's a kind of my listening is not quite catching, not as much as I've heard on other 3D stuff. So maybe, maybe I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little um, less susceptible. I'm usually very, very susceptible to phase, but maybe uh, in my old age, I'm losing it massively. (laughs) I heard it a lot more here than I hear it, uh, than I've heard it. Heck, in 1980, Bob Carver had a better, had a better way of doing this. Right. Okay. In his home entertainment gear. Ah, right, okay, like the sort of enhanced home stereo stuff. Right, got you. Um, Gaz, you look like you might be paused to pounce there. <laughs> um, well, I was just wondering what the what the difference is between this and, say, uh, Q-Sound, or, you know, what's, what is the technological differences? Do we know this? Or, um, no, I, well, I didn't go in so far as to get his... Fi- I, I imagine it's going to be a fairly secret process that only he knows, because he's obviously looking to license it to... All and sundry, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. I mean, you know, I, I'm not being cynical there, but I mean, that's the way these things tend to happen. You know, a educational facility develops some technology and tries to license it to raise funds for the university. I mean, that's kind of the way it works, isn't it? So, fair enough. But no, I do not know. Okay. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, a little bit of a holy grail, isn't it? I mean, I've been really interested in trying to get, you know, things to sound 3D. Um, uh, but, you know, like sometimes I hear a really good mix and it sounds 3D. Oh, well, anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah, and uh, so I, I just wonder. I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little skeptical. I have to be honest. I mean, I can see it being good for maybe sort of multimedia apps and uh, you know maybe some games and that kind of thing. Um, but musically, I'm not sure. It does sound a little bit strange to me too. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about musical the, ever whoa. since we announced. Re- Sorry about that. We've talked about the musical aspect of uh, of uh, applications for this kind of 3D thing, and it's uh, personally I find the sort of the whole 5.1 mix and, and the surround mix of music really hard to deal with because I'm not I'm not educated in being able to listen to it properly. If it's coming from behind me or this, I find it distracting and uh, uh, taking away from the stuff. I'm sure we've talked about this before, and and I know that mm. it can be used very effectively, but I've never really heard anything yeah. that made me go, you know what? That's what I need for my next piece of music. I need that three-dimensional thing. I don't know. Um, hmm. I was just going to say, I mean, regarding the surround sound thing, I mean, I've, um, they did some Genesis reissues in surround sound uh, a number of years ago, about maybe about four or five years ago. Um, and they're sort of like the, the post-Peter Gabriel era stuff just somehow just really translated really well. And there was a fantastic three-dimensional sound to it. Like uh, this is a kind of Wyndham Wuthering album, actually, particularly. Um, and that really did impress me. I thought it sounded really, really good. I wasn't so keen on the the earlier stuff. Didn't work so well, but oh, something about that particular album had a really great sound. In oh. and I and I thought, and it did make me think how you know how it maybe their music is, you know, it's kind of got quite uh, especially that era. It's, there's something about it with the sounds, the big sounds that they're using, and and kind of fairly long songs as well. It just seemed to sort of lend itself to that kind of maybe mixed um, a little more traditionally with everything in its place and a place for everything sort of more frequency wise perhaps 
Yeah, there were some great sort of big swooping synths that kind of moved from behind and, you know, and it was like quite like a wild effect. But I mean, that, you know, that just wouldn't work in other music forms, or would it? You know, like no, jazz or blues or... I guess know. not. So, Mark, I know that you were uh, very keen on this topic. Um, do you have... Because I know you've recorded some stuff. In fact, I think I've got one of your videos um, lined up here. Um, if I can remember to where to where where it plays from, um, that you that you filmed them because you've got the um, ah, what's the name of the microphone that you use? Mine. Yeah, I've got a few different Bino- ones. Either binaural stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm making my own dummy head at the moment. Uh-huh. In the middle of designing my own dummy head because I've thought of a different way of making it work. Oh, interesting. Shall I talk, or do you want to play my video? Shall I play your video first? You could play the video and then I'll talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ever since we... I've got to find... There we go. Whoa. I think I'm going to have to stop that. I'm getting a bit dizzy. But uh, <laughs> it, it is actually quite... Uh, was that using the binaural stuff? Or was that... Uh, what were you using there yeah, to record? Yeah, using... Uh, <laughs> Binaural mics, a bit of binaural processing, and a bit of Q sound. Ah, okay. So it's post-process. So a combination of things. So, uh, so I'll talk, shall I? I've been. Ex- I mean, I've basically, I've been really excited by this since I saw it on Tomorrow's World. God knows how many years ago. But as far as I can tell, there's culturally been hardly any point in doing anything with it because when you think about the way that we've listened to music in the last kind of thirty to forty years, we tend to listen to music on speakers. And I think the guy's come up with a clever algorithm, and I actually analysed it, and I've worked out what I think he's doing, which is some of that cross-processing stuff where he's taking the left speaker and feeding it into the right speaker. And he kind of gives it away in his explanation in his video because he talks about the fact that when you listen to a sound coming from the right, when it comes to your ear, there's a time delay between your two ears. Then he also talks about the fact uh, that there's a difference in volume, but he fails to mention anything to do with the fact that the sound gets filtered. So effectively, any sound coming from the right gets filtered by my nose, which acts as a low-pass filter. <laughs> Mine's a very, very effective doing, low-pass filter. <laughs> I think he's playing that kind of surround sound trick where you take something from the left and you kind of inverse the phase of it and shove it up the middle of the stereo field and then take something from the right and inverse the phase of it and shove it up the middle of the stereo field so it effectively cancels in your brain what's in the middle and forces the speakers to go wider now he's obviously doing something like that and looking at the waveforms of those two pieces of audio from the website um, it looks like he's taken right channel information and fed it into the left and then EQ'd it so filtered it Right. but I think it's all a bit too late because our new generation of iPod listeners are more likely to listen to music on earbuds. So for to develop something that works on speakers, it's kind of... Well, it, it does work like, on uh, these. There are two examples. There is a speakers and a headphone version, if I remember correctly. I can... As far, uh, okay, so as far as I can tell, his headphone version is pretty much straight vinyl recording using a Sennheiser dummy head. That's what it sounds like to me anyway. Right. Okay. Well, and so, and then I think he's developed this algorithm where, and they draw that picture of like he's developed this filter curve which cancels the crosstalk. 
Right. Which is effectively taking the left speaker and feeding it up the middle with a, an, an, you know, an inverted phase and a bit of filtering on it. So I don't, I mean, I think he's probably, it sounded quite good on my iMac. And then I sat there for a while and started, I had to actually check to make sure it wasn't coming out my speakers. Because I thought, no, hang on a minute, that's coming out my speakers, which are placed maybe a foot either side of my iMac. And then I had to turn the volume up and down and think, no, it's coming out the iMac. It just sounds fine. Mm. Um, but I don't believe for one minute that he can make a bee fly around my head um, on speakers. That's just not going to happen unless I sit in front of his reference system, which, looking at the videos, is all bolted down very <laughs> you know, so speakers can never move. So if I sit in the exact sweet spot in front of his reference speakers, maybe he can make a bee go around my head. But I mean, in my experience, I think you need to have a certain amount of visual information as well. And it's completely subjective. I mean, subjectively, right? As far as I'm concerned, there is no B. I believe subjectively to be the single most realistic 3D audio listening experience in the world, right? So when I listen to it, I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. I can hear the stuff going behind my head. I can hear the stuff over to the left, over to the right. And if I can plug it, I've uh, been working on this with this company called POV Audio or working on a company called POV Audio and it's in iTunes and it's uh, some recordings of aeroplanes at an air display. So the the fact that they're way up in the sky and they're uh, reflecting off the woods and the sort of the sound canopy of the sky makes it very realistic. You can really hear the things go behind your head and they frighten you to death when they fly at you from behind. Right. Um, but subjectively... I engineered it, so I've made it sound exactly. You're aware like of exactly that, yeah. Uh, objectively, it might not work for anybody else. It might be that Rich might go and listen to it and say, "No, that's absolutely wrong. It just doesn't work." <laughs> at all. But the, the the thing about this is is what's it for? I mean, it's not really for music. It's got to be purely. I mean, the only thing I can think of that I've got a use for is movie and sound effects. I can't really see any other kind of application for it, really. Um. I think that we're going to start, I can't really talk about this actually, but in the direction of the, uh, certain uh, immersive multimedia experiences might come to market soon. That's about as much as I can say. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. Um, so, I mean, really, is it just another, it's, it seems like it's kind of another one of can those. Can I sum it up? Yes, please do, Dave. And seriously, 3D audio, it's like fast food and pornography, which promises the earth and delivers nothing of any value. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, there is. I mean, there is an element of that. Why do you think people are so interested in it? I mean, I, I, I'm guessing, is it more consumers that are interested? I mean, as audio professionals, you know, I, I like to think I am at least sometimes an audio professional that, you know, perhaps there's no... Um, you know, I, I I put it in because it it looked like a, a slightly different way of doing things. But maybe uh, maybe you're right. Maybe that you know really it's only only consumers who want the who want to have a surround sound experience coming out of their telly when they watch Terminator. And it's annoying. So you're sitting watching TV, and all of a sudden there's a doorbell, and it goes behind you, and you think, <laughs> "Who's that at the bloody door this time?" Right? You get up, and you realise <laughs> it's happened to me. Devil's <laughs> Yeah, that's a good. I point. don't think it's annoying if you're blind, though, because my blind friend um, plays computer games, and the entire sound, the entire stage is set out using sound. So obviously, you can't see anything. So when he's playing a computer game, everything's 
pinpointed in directional audio to give him a sense of where he is in the game and what's happening. So well, I that, think that, that, that for applications like, a, like that, it can be quite well, that's useful. Great, but, yeah, I mean, niche, I suppose. I mean, but the, but there we go. I mean, don't want to spend too much long because I've actually got to get an ad in, which I'd almost completely that's forgotten about. I feel really bad. Mark. Can I just yeah. say one <laughs> final thing then? Yes, go, Mark. Before, and the final thing is we know from the video clip that we played a few, a couple of months ago, where the guy was saying one thing and the visual cue overrode what we thought we heard. Yes, that's true. So we know from that that visual cues override audio cues. So the only way this stuff is going to be completely accurate is if you close your eyes. If you've got your eyes closed, you can start to have a sense of where something is coming from directionally. If you've got your eyes open and you can see that something is happening that doesn't match up with what you're hearing then your brain's going to override what you're hearing because uh, because i think you know evolutionary i don't know how to say that word um you know the eyes have kind of got more importance over the years and then that, that's why i made that video on youtube so that you can you get lots of visual cues from that video and if you watch that video with headphones on you get a real sense of things moving around and you do hear things going behind your head because you're given the cue to tell you that ah oh, that steam organ just disappeared off behind my head i'm not sure that the audio on its own would quite give you that because we're used to hearing everything from in front of us yeah, I mean, I suppose you're right, actually, because that will actually just sound weird. It's like, where's that gone? I don't understand. With the visual cue, you kind of get the get the idea. Um, I'd love to talk more about the just the idea about um, you know, the, the, which senses take precedent. But I, I, we do have some other stuff to ca- cover, and one of which is uh, I'd like to say thank you to our sponsors. Obviously, we have uh, Yamaha, who are continued. Pu- uh, sponsor of the show, what you're seeing here if you're watching the video version, which I strongly suggest you do, is uh, the Pocket Track C24 and W24. These are ultra-compact and lightweight 24-bit 96K stereo recording devices. Really, really tiny. They're kind of, you know, as small as uh, tiny dictaphones, but with very high-quality PCM recordings. Incredible battery life, uh, XY-configured stereo microphones. The W24 has a remote control, which allows you to, if you're standing at the back of the hall and you just want to pause between numbers, say you don't, you know, or the band stop. It's really useful for starting and stopping recordings. Ever, ever such a, a handy feature. The C24 is a much smaller device. Uh, when I say much smaller, it's very small. Uh, I think it weighs about, what did I say? It was about 22 uh, ounces or 57 grams, which is almost nothing. So you can stick it in your pocket and you've got a great recording device. So anyway, do go and check out uh, Yamaha Pocket Track Recorders. Uh, you can see them at... Uh, any Yamaha Pulse store in the UK. Uh, if you go to... YamahaDownload.com or YamahaSynth.com, you'll be able to locate those. Are any major dealers also in the US, go and check them out. Maybe take some um, recording media with you and take it home and see what it sounds like. But uh, once again, we thank Yamaha for the continued sponsorship of the show. Right. Uh, now, what was next? Um, we could, we've, we've got a number, of, uh, a number of options here because uh, I think we're running a bit... Um, well, we we spent a, a while on that last topic, which was fascinating, actually. So, what would what would you like to do next? We've got the the Sono the Sono uh, replicator, which again is this idea of um, taking speakers, emulating things uh, it, that aren't really there. Does anyone have an interest in that one? Or we could do the uh, the Radiohead album model with uh, Reason, pay what you want for the upgrade for Duo. Or we've got. Uh, 
the whole idea of getting excited about equipment again. I think that's quite, I, I quite enjoyed that one. I'm going to play that because I quite enjoyed this video. So let me just play that. This is uh, by Big City Music. And they've uh, uploaded this video. This is one of the Gorilla Box 12U cases. It's like a, a goes on to uh, carry on. And it's just them filling it up. I mean, which in itself is just, you know, gear porn, basically. But it got me thinking a little bit, because obviously I have this uh, modular over here, um, which I've been uh, enjoying. But also, the time, I'm remembering back at the time when, you know, you used to get really excited about gear. And whether or not I get that anymore, and whether we still do as, as a group of people, whether it's once you become sort of audio professional, whether you just sort of think, oh yeah, it's just a tool, it doesn't get you excited. So anyway, I will... Um, stop that and come back to me so anyway you know it raises a few questions obviously it's nice to have uh, all that gubbins i mean as you can see here i've got this uh, lovely modular rack it's not a gorilla box it's the mission 6b which is which is again i don't know if it's carry on it's probably similar size but so has anybody does it still happen for you do you still get excited when you kind of order or buy new gear and and if not when was the last time was there a kind of time when it when it stopped happening who'd like to go first Rich, you you buy a lot of stuff professionally for the studio and what have you. I mean, do you find that you kind of still get a bit of a friss on when you're sort of thinking, waiting for something to arrive, or does it have to be very particular criteria? Oh, I still get excited by gear. That may be surprising in light of my various non-romantic rants, but it's true. No, I, <laughs> I do look forward to things arriving, and though many of them arrive these days via download. In other words, they're not always physical pieces of gear. They may be, uh, you know, a card and then a bunch of software like the UA stuff or whatever. But uh, yeah, I still get excited about stuff and I hope I always will. It's funny, isn't it? The, 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 the thing that's most exciting I remember is when you have to physically go somewhere to get it or kind of, you know, if it's an eBay purchase or a private sale or a store only has it and you have to go and pick it up either because it's too precious to ship or because you were 18 and you didn't have anything better to do. You know, that's, that's the thing I kind of miss a little bit. Yeah, but here's what I don't miss. Yesterday I needed to buy an Airport Express and I checked online and found a local Best Buy that had one in stock and I went there and they didn't have one in stock and then I had to go to the Apple store to get the same product. <laughs> Uh, and the only reason I put up with all of that is because I needed it right away. Well, so at this point, about the only time I do actually do things at physical retail like that, the small stuff, is if I desperately need it like right now. Right. It's true. I know, Gaz, you, you, you seem to get, you know, I've seen you get excited about new stuff, you know, and like your TC Electronic. Are you um, the voice processor? Is it voice yeah. touch? Was that what it was called? And voice Live Touch, yeah. Voice I, and I was really, I was excited about that one, I have to say. And, um, uh, you know, uh, and I think it is interesting that it is the hardware that you get excited about. And um, I read an interview on KVR with Eric Persing uh, yesterday, and he was basically talking about how, you know, people download software, maybe onto the iPad, iPhone, that kind of thing or whatever, and play around with it for a little bit and then forget about it. And just sort of how that that sort of takes away some of the excitement of, of the, uh, you know, what we're talking about really. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I tend to always, uh, when I'm interested in a piece of equipment, I tend to always fantasize that it's a lot better than it usually is. So quite often, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I really love the smell of new equipment though. You know, I love when you open the box and you get that kind of whiff of that weird, <laughs> artificial plastic smell and uh 
I always find that quite exciting. I don't know if that's a bit weird, but um, no, I know. I think it's a visceral experience, isn't it? It's the, you know, I, yeah. It depends whether or not what sort of packaging they've been using, but yeah, I would tend uh, to agree with you. S- and I have to say, though, in relation to that video that you played, um, you know, it does look like sort of the modular synths do look like something that you would get very excited about, you know, and you've got that little slot there and you're waiting for it to come in and, uh, um, you know, I think it's... Uh, yeah, well, it always, you know, it's always got bubble wrap and then you've got to, you've got to sort of take <laughs> out, you've got to put it into, you've got to put it in the, mm. in the, in the rack and what have you. I mean, yes, I, you know, I do like that whole aspect of this, you know, as I've seen and, uh, and, and you know, they do all make interesting sounds. Incidentally, these are the... Um, modular stuff that uh, I've been wanting to look at for a long time but it was very kindly sent by somebody to have a look at Pittsburgh modular anyway uh, see I'm, I do get excited about that and it's you know when, when I when I got the case and it was all sort of and I couldn't wait for the little uh, thing to arrive <laughs> with Dofa so I suppose I do get it for that but gen- I mean because I get a lot of stuff delivered here you know and sometimes it's really kind of hot off the press and i do enjoy that aspect being the first to see it and and show the world it i kind of get a slightly different buzz from it i don't know yeah uh, dave i mean mm. you buy a lot of vintage stuff don't you and things that are kind of part of a collection or in use for various uh projects or whatever you i mean does that still excite you enormously yeah man we got a drum machine the other day which is probably the sexiest drum machine i've ever seen <laughs> it runs on eight track cartridges and look what? at this for a cartridge look at that lovely lady on the front there oh <laughs> wow it looks a bit like farrah set almost it's so 70s top of the pop sort of semi and semi state of under it i don't know i just kind of well you can imagine what i nearly did with it but um <laughs> yeah those kind of things excite me quite a lot <laughs> is that the sort um, of the, the design and the history then yeah, quirkiness, all quirky kind of stuff. Uh, I was, well, yeah, yeah. And I like things that you can't really find an awful lot of. When that, uh, I have to say, I was like an excitable child when uh, Richard Lawson and Kent turned up with the controller. I was really kind of like, for about a day beforehand, to the point where I was annoying everybody. Um, but yeah, no, I love it. I, sometimes you can kind of be a little bit disappointed, but normally that's, when the when the marketing has just been so kind of in your face, and then you get something and you find that it's really not very well made or something like that, that really does irritate me. That kind of takes the edge off of everything. Well, usually, I know what Gaz is saying about the um, smell, though. There's something about app opening that when I opened the Apple uh, laptop thing, it's got that almost like the smell of vinyl. I know this is getting bordering on pervy, but. <laughs> It's that sort of smell of vinyl. The certain, like the high-grade vinyl, had that lovely smell about it. And when I opened the box, it was like it's got that kind of chemical mm. smell, I suppose. <laughs> That's uh, I like where you're coming from there, David. And and I think uh, I think you're absolutely right there. There's there's something there's something about hard, and it is very disappointing when the marketing really does kind of. And usually, when there's lots of marketing, or well, often, not usually, often it, it is actually for the very reason that they need to have it, because if you were doing it by word of mouth, people go, oh, it's built like rubbish. Or, you know, there might well, be another aspect to it, possibly. And I also think that, I don't know, for some reason, software seems to be really, really guilty of that, you know, it's all talking about in, inventive leaps, a revolutionary and all this kind of stuff. As software, maybe that's why kind of software isn't a, a sort of visceral experience, like you say, as uh, 
Well, the it, has to, it does have to. I mean, the last thing I got excited about was actually this webcam because <laughs> it was so late coming. I ordered it beginning of last week and it didn't come in time for the show this week. And I was because I'm so sick of looking at myself all sort of blurry and red in the face. I mean, I'm, I'm just sharper, still red in the face, but not quite so red in the face. <laughs> So for me, it's kind of, you know, it's like now I can use this a little bit more kind of effectively and it seems to seems to work quite well. But I mean, software I do get excited about, particularly like, for instance, if it's something that I use every day and I'm waiting for new features to come so that I can kind of, it'll make my workflow more efficient, then I get excited yeah, about no, that. I, I really do, on, but only from certain companies, you know, like uh, who said about UA? I mean, anything that UA does... As soon as that's announced, I'm like, oh, that'll be brilliant. But with with an awful lot of other companies, there seems to be so much sort of hype. It just takes the edge off of it. Same with hardware, I suppose. But yeah. hardware, yeah, yeah. at least, this is this kind of tactile element. And this smell. The smell. Mark, I know that you're uh, a chap that likes to... You do make a lot of purchases and also sort of, you know, you buy quite a lot of used gear and, you know, travel around to pick up, you know, motorbike, the various different areas of interest that you buy equipment in. What have you still got when it comes to music technology? Does it still kind of get you kind of excited? Do you think, oh, I can't wait for that to arrive or is it just sort of a bit, yeah? Um, I think the answer to that is yes. I just get, I just go a bit manic actually. <laughs> and it's a bit like, um, it's like that whole kind of, uh, door of kakundu thing isn't it searching for the new sound right you know the mighty boosh um <laughs> episode when they're out in the desert in search of inspiration um and i just i don't know whenever i used to buy a piece of gear my brother adam used to come over because he knew that we were going to make a good tune and I oh, because of, there would be about, some energy that would that would come with it well there's just you just it, uh, if something, and uh, I suppose the thing that excites me most now, actually, thinking about sound, if I hear a new sound, something sounds like a sound that I've never heard before, or I find a new way of capturing that sound and utilizing it, um, then that can be quite exciting. And then I get very excited and then subsequently quite disappointed by things that I've owned before. So before I owned a D50, I I couldn't afford to buy one, so I bought an MT32, which was multi-timbral and could do all sorts of things nearly that the D50 could do, but not quite. And then I bought a D50, and I used that for a while, and then I sort of thought, you know, that, that MT32, that had a certain kind of something about it that I really need in my music. So I went and bought another one, and I was really excited by that and opened the box, <laughs> set it all up and everything, and it just sounded a bit kind of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same. That, so yeah. I, I had it for a few weeks, and then I sort of sold it again. And then, you know, about six months later, I got this sudden hankering for an MT32 again and bought it again. And then the next time, that was just, just even more disappointing. Oh, dear. And recently, I thought about buying a Roland, is it an MV30? I had one of those, but I keep persuading myself not to because I know that when I buy it, it won't do what I want it to do. MT32 Virgin sounds like it might be a good um, a good title, show title. Well, something to do with the smell <laughs> of new gear. MT32 Twins. MT32 Twins. Hmm. And the thing about that smell as well, I just, yeah, a new piece of equipment when you open it up and it's got that kind of, the, I don't know, what is that smell? Is it the stuff that they I, stick on it to protect it? I think it it's the something? plastic mm. packaging, that, maybe. Stuff off. <laughs> you think what? Well, I think it's maybe the plastic packaging, you know, or something like that. Mm. Not, Silica gel. 
those little packets of silica gel. <laughs> now we're getting a I bit love th- package fetishism. <laughs> I love the smell of silica gel in the morning. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah, those silica gel packets, they say do not eat, but honestly. Do they taste them. good? Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'd just like to put a disclaimer in here that perhaps that's not such a good idea. I think that perhaps you might dehydrate yourself internally or something unpleasant. It, do, it doesn't taste like uh, monosodium glutamate or anything like that. So <laughs> space dust. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're a crapper. <laughs> anyway, well, new gear, we all love, we all do love it. And as I said, I've got this uh, lovely piece here. In fact, I just wanted to... Sh- this um, uh, Pittsburgh modular, it's got some really good features. There's an LFO on here. If I just take this down, I'll bring the... The thing about this is it goes... Seven seconds per cycle. Up to... Seven seconds. You, know, you won't be able to hear this. I'm, that's as far as I can hear, and there's still about five millimetres to go. So as an oscillator, it's absolutely brilliant because it allows you to um, it allows you to use it as an LFO, obviously, yeah. as well. And, you know, it's a really, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to doing the review of that. I'm not going to say when it's going to be due because I know, Dave, uh, I suffer because the last time I did a modular review was about three months ago. And I'm still working on getting it back together again, but now I can. Uh, I, I suppose this is a good time to talk about another one of our sponsors, actually. Um, this is, of course, the, uh, oh, where are they? There they are, Mac Pro Video. Uh, we want to say thank you very much to them for sponsoring the show also. Uh, and you know that you can get um, 20% on all the downloads. They provide some of the, uh, probably the largest amount of uh, video tutorials you can get online. So, I mean, we're just here. We've got Ableton Live Audio Plugins, GarageBand, Isotope, uh, Melodyne Mini, Native Instruments, uh, Reason. I think they do some in Machine. Uh, they do uh, Spectrasonic, Soundroom Superior Drumming, loads and loads of this stuff. And if you want to save 20% on any of the downloads, because they do individual downloads as well, MP4s, you can uh, check them out. Uh, you want to go to sonicstate.com forward slash MPV and you'll be able to uh, fully enjoy uh, a 20% discount because it will bounce you over there and you'll be able to save. So once again, we thank them very much for continued sponsorship of the show and uh, go check it out, sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Can I just jump in very quickly? I just wanted to just, uh, for any iOS users, just uh, don't know if everyone's aware of this little thing. Oh, what's uh, that? It's an Apogee Jam. Ah. So it's uh, it's I've just been curious very, about this. Is that like a it's little a USB um, audio interface for hooking up to the iPad or? or uh, yeah. Uh, okay. For iPad or iPhone or Mac, even it, it comes with two leads. It comes one with a USB end, so you can plug it straight into your Mac, or one with one with the the dock connector for the iPad or the I, iPhone. It's got. It's just got. It's just a single input, but it's got. Uh, it has got a gain control on it with a little thumb wheel there. All oh, right. And. Uh, it actually sounds really good. I had an Apogee one, and I think it's exactly the same converter because it sounds just the same. Uh, the, they cost about, I think, $99, about £79 UK. Um, Is it just one-way conversion? It's just one-way conversion. And for me, it's a little bit of a deal-breaker in a way because no. uh, you've got this dangling out the bottom. It's it's quite nice. It sounds great. So, I mean, that's really cool. But... You know, you want it two-way, don't you? you know, Has it not you got a headphone out? Nope. You have to use your own headphones 
uh, the headphone output on the iPad or the iPhone. So is uh, kind is, of... Is there know, any latency? An could, could there be latency there, presumably, if you're the going la- that way? Or is it okay? The, lat- the latency is marginal. It doesn't... It actually sounds... Um, it, it's fine. It's actually fine. You, it's really playable, actually. I mean, you, you know, you can detect it a little bit, but it's... it's um, you can, uh, you know, it, it's, right. it's fine. It's actually pretty good. But it is a really good sound. It does sound very good, but it just makes me think, oh, if only they did have an output as well on it, you know. Do, do, has it, um, the other thing I was going to ask, is it guitar input or is it just li- what what, what um, sensitivity is the input? Okay, well, I've been experimenting with that a little bit and there's quite a bit of gain on there. So it is, uh, it is a high impedance input, but I've been plugging in an active bass, which is like a low impedance and... Uh, and that sounds fine with it. And I think there's quite a lot of range in there. Uh, and I've tried plugging a microphone into it too and got some pretty good results from that, uh, just like a, a, a 58. Mm. Um, oh. But, uh, yeah, it didn't sound, it, it sounded reasonably good. But, I mean, it definitely is just a very simple device. Um, but to be honest, I've been finding it actually more fun with the iPhone than the iPad, strangely enough. In that I just find it quite, it's just a really nice little thing but as soon as i bought this typically i became aware of another one called the iRiff uh the iRiff port i think it's called is that the um, sonoma fire, uh, wireworks one no no it's another one um and it's and i'm gonna get one and I'll, so i'll report back about that one because ah, okay. i think the design of that looks because well what's good about that is it's got a built-in jack lead and it's got the headphone jack in the guitar jack so as the guitar jack plugs in to your guitar you then plug your headphones in to the guitar so you've oh, only so got like lo- one a local all oh, right 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 one cable to the device that's nifty and it's got a line out as well right a fixed line out at the device end as well so uh so i'm really looking forward to trying out that uh and checking out the quality of the line out because that's the big that is the big thing that we're all looking for really is better line out i think so uh right got I, I, i've got i've got one on order so i'll probably have it by next week so okay. uh, i shall report on it just a little insert there so, thank you very much actually that which so does you can, you can, sorry you can use that with your new iphone 4s well exactly i was just about to link it in i mean we can't have escaped oh, the fact that uh, that we've got we've had a there's been you know there's been so much blah about uh, the iPhone 5, and of course it wasn't an iPhone 5, it was an iPhone 4S. I've got a little video here that may or may not be of interest, and you get a rough idea. There are some aspects to this that might be actually quite useful, and something that maybe they'll bring into desktop. Let's have a look. iPhone 4 was groundbreaking. It's one of the best products we've ever designed, and it's gone on to become the number one smartphone in the world. So we had this challenge. How do you improve on something that's so extraordinary? Well, with iPhone 4S, we did exactly that by taking this amazing design and completely rethinking the inside. We started by adding the dual-core A5 chip, which is up to twice as fast. Then we completely redesigned the camera, which not only has 8 megapixels, but all new optics. iPhone 4S also comes with iOS 5 with over 200 new features and iCloud. Let's fast forward that a little bit. Oh, yeah, here we go. This is a whole new way of interacting with your iPhone using just your voice. This is Siri. Find me an Italian restaurant in North Beach. Okay, these 25 Italian restaurants are in North Beach. It's like this amazing assistant that listens to you, understands you, can answer your questions, and can even accomplish <laughs> tasks for you. Amazing. Do you think, actually, if you work for Apple, you have to all sound like Steve Jobs? 
Do you think that's actually part of the requirement? It seems to be on the video. I couldn't tell that if you close your eyes, you couldn't actually tell the difference very easily between any of the people talking there. But yes, you can't escape the fact, you know, iPhone 4S looks kind of cool. Um, eight megapixel pixel camera, which is something that tempts me a little bit. But the, the Siri thing looks quite interesting with the voice activated stuff. I'm wondering whether that actually has any kind of uh, application for us. I mean, because obviously, you know, we're getting to the point. Obviously, we've got the speakers up loud and you're shouting at your phone saying, turn down the bass or whatever. You know, wonder if you're going to get to that point. Do you think it's going to be any use? I'll let the, is voice activation going to be of any use to people like us, do you think? Yeah, you've all been disappearing off a cul-de-sac with your touch screens. Next step's voice activation. More filter. Open the resonance. Open the filter. More resonance. <laughs> Shut up, you slag. <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking it that uh, you're uh, is that bitterness because you uh, you you you're still 20 18 months in your contract to go or is that because you're actually uh, you actually <laughs> Dude, I'm... don't want one no i i will get one i'm although i just bought, Louis, well, I bought louise uh, iphone <laughs> 4 about uh three three weeks ago right um yeah no, no it was funny I've, i'm still running a bloody 3gs thing I've got no problem. I, I don't. I'm just so not obsessive about a phone. All these twats walking around. Can you imagine? Yeah, Find me a restaurant on Sunset and Vine. God, it makes you just want to take up arms. That is, <laughs> there is, there is an aspect to that. I mean, yeah, you've got lots of people shouting into their phones. And I mean, there's going to be, isn't there going to be the situation where you're standing next to someone on a train or, you know, in close comfort and you're going to turn around and go, well, don't talk to me like that. Who the hell do you think you are? It's like, no, I was yeah. talking to my phone. And it's like, how many fights are we going to have? How many misunderstandings? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just stood in a queue the other day, you know, like at the news agents to get my Sunday paper. And I've got this woman behind me with a headset on, like one of those kind of, trendy car salesman headset <laughs> and she's just yakking inanely into this thing and it was just like ah give me strength <laughs> anyway sorry i told you i was grumpy yeah that's that's pretty impressive i have to say that's we love imp- it but um yeah I, th- I there are possibly going to be good things about this I and mean, it seems like we've got these dual a5 processors i don't really know exactly what they what what kind of grunt they're the same power as the ipad too so it's quite a lot of yeah. uh, poke in there uh full 1080p uh video hd video which is kind of yeah, these are the things that kind of excite me obviously uh, from a journalistic mm. point of view they're going to be good but um yeah and maybe maybe the talk thing i don't know it's it's sort of it could be useful if you're alone in the car and you want to find out where the nearest petrol station is i think that's acceptable use but in a crowded venue Where's the nearest dogging lay-by there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it for something useful good lord of love. Ah, well there we... <laughs> i'm gonna get one i have to say with all of this i'm gonna get one but the irony is is i saw some post from somebody today peter gorgeous on facebook said that because it wasn't called five apple's share price has dropped what yeah. kind of a world are we living in Jesus, oh. as if they care. I mean, they sold 12 million iPads last quarter. I mean, for goodness sake. Bloody hell. You know, it's... It, it, it's... Have you got an iPad, Gaz? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's just messing with you. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm uh, overall, I'm... Uh, I'm tempted now that, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of deals or what have you, but now that it's got a speed, I mean, I love my old... Um, I haven't got it to hand. My old uh, HTC... Um, but uh, and the other, th- you know, because I watch a lot, quite a lot of video on it. You know, at, at night when I'm sort of lying in bed, I watch um, various sort of podcasts and live streaming things because it'll work with Flash. And obviously, I'm not going to get that 
with the iPhone, so that's going to be a bit of a shame. There's Dave holding up his iPhone. There. Broken. The old, oh, dear. Hold on. My beautiful. Ah, but then I realised, because I thought, oh, it's about time I got a new phone, and I phoned them up and said, how long have I got to run on my contract? And they said, you've still got a year and a half. <laughs> or something. Like, oh, oh, did I sign Did I sign a contract like that? What a fool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the early days, isn't it? Yeah. Four years. I think now uh, we are probably heading towards the uh, the twilight time of Sonic Talk number 237. I've got to get this show out of the way because I've, I've got a gig mixing drums tomorrow, which I've got to get out of the way as well. It all piles up. Mm-hmm. So I say thank you very much to everybody for joining us uh, at Sonic Talk number 237. It's been a great uh, busy chat room as well. Um, thank you very much to those. I should switch them in and so you can see that we've got lots of chat going past. Oh, Flux302 thinks the Moog source is but ugly. I would disagree. I actually really like the Moog source. It's one of the first synthesizers I crave. But anyway, that's by the by. As you can see, they're... They're off on a tangent of their own. So uh, anyway, thank you very much to the chat room for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you to the Mac Doctor for taking time out of his work day to help us out with links and pasting information into the chat room and keeping an eye on things. So thank you very much there. And also thanks to our, our remote guests here. We've uh, got Rich Hilton there from Hiltonius.com where you can get links to all of his other web presences. Thank you very much for joining us, Rich. Been a pleasure as ever. Thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, he's here as well. And we'll also say we've got Mark Tinley over there. Uh, thank you very much, Mark Tinley, for joining us too. Uh, it's been a while since we've had you, actually. You must, and I'll send you that video camera so you can be here in, in person. You're very welcome. Um, yeah, I'd like, I've spent a couple of weeks rushing off and buying vintage samplers, which have been really exciting and then subsequently disappointing. Ah, the V9000. Last week I went to v- Slovenia and I thought that I wouldn't arrive in time to do this and actually I did arrive in time to be in the chat room but I hadn't taken a headset with me otherwise I would have joined in and told you ah, about Ah, that's why I saw AKA Tinley Slovenia. Right, oh, that makes sense. And I had a horse again. Ah, uh, yes, like last time. What, a whole one or just a... Horseburger. Uh... Horse bar. Go to Slovenia and eat a horseburger. They are amazing. <laughs> There's another candidate <laughs> for the home. For the... <laughs> which is like a hot dog made of horse meat. And he said, Dad, why is this the best hot dog I've ever had? And I said, because it's not made of hot dog, it's made of horse. And he went, <laughs> his little face, he looked so surprised that he was eating a horse. Rather than dog. But then, you know... <laughs> I'm driving him to school like when we got back and I'm and I was we were talking about that and as I was driving him to school a couple of days later I just got this real sense of sick kind of sick to the stomach kind of feeling like oh my god I ate a horse <laughs> and we're so conditioned not to do it in this country and that there must be something terribly wrong with eating horses I and don't, really, yeah, I'm I suppose not sure. culturally they're just useful as tools on a farm that you would probably wouldn't want to eat them and it's no different to eating any other animal but it was it really shocked me that i suddenly got this kind of real sense of i've done something terribly wrong but if you if you can get over that do go to slovenia and eat a horse burger because they are amazing lagrange audio in the chat room says uh, my years ago my dad got me to eat frog's legs by convincing me they were little chickens <laughs> we are getting a little tangential here, but it's great fun. I'm very pleased uh, for it. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Anyway, um, Mark Tinley, likebeing.com. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to a blog post on eating horse in Slovenia, actually. <laughs> Mark, I think you should do something on that. Uh, anyway, uh, right. thank you also to Dave Spears from g4software.com. Uh, up there, resplendent in his room of uh, his shrine to vintage synthesis and other uh, equipment. 
at G4 yeah. Software HQ. HQ Dungeon. Well, anyway, thanks very much. Oh, actually, I forgot to say, I went to see, um, I am digressing, I went to see Shrek the Musical, which sounds like yeah, it would be a ghastly experience, but I have to say, it was bloody amazing. I've never seen a production <laughs> like that high high level of production. It was it was a completely different stratosphere of, of professionality in the theatre I've ever seen. It was just amazing. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Anyway, um, that's that. Uh, and by the by, but go and see it if you're in the UK. It's well worth it. And uh, also, I want to say goodbye to Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.uk. Thank you very much for joining us this week, Gaz. Oh, what's this? This is your your head. You have to uh, take. You have to say something <laughs> to get yourself there. You go. Now you do it. Oh, yeah, did you record right, a video was, saying something? I was just pretending it was me saying thank you. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. A tiny, um, too many. Too, <laughs> too many. Uh, too many variables anyway anyway guys thank you very much for joining us look forward to seeing you in person very soon so thank you once again everybody for joining us uh, it's been great fun and i think i might leave you with uh just a little bit more of the uh, filling up a rack with modules um as just just as the play out so i'll just uh, let that run for a little while while i switch the live stream off so thanks very much everybody that was sonic talk number 237 oh don't forget join the uh, the the competition entry i'll put the link in the show notes 20 second clip just uh, submit a, a, a Sonic Talk sting theme. We can play at the beginning of the show. So anyway, bye-bye.